Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And today we're speaking with Logan Guliff, who is an up-and-coming chef that you may have heard of. Yeah, if that name rings a bell, it's probably because he won the second season of Master Chef Junior back in 2014. He's also an award-winning author. His recent cookbook called Logan's Chef Notes and Half-Baked Tales won Best New Cookbook by Gourmand World Cookbook Award. And it's available on Amazon and a couple other places. We'll link to it in the show notes. He does talk a little bit about it. Sounds pretty cool. Basically, Logan has won all of the things. He's a phenomenal chef, and he his the way his brain works in regards to food and coming up with recipes is pretty remarkable and you'll you'll get a little bit of that at the end of the show you'll kind of see how he does this but um he had some really great things to say it seems like he's had a really he's only 17 years yeah old i was going to say this this guy has accomplished more in his life than i ever will in regards to cooking and he's 17 years old yeah. So very impressive. And we're excited to see where he's going, but I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. It's a really good conversation and we had a lot of fun talking with him and uh, we'll talk to you at the end. Let's talk about seafood. Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. All right, sitting down with Logan Guliff today. Logan was the 2014 win- winner of MasterChef Junior, so if you've heard that name before, that's probably where you may have heard it. So uh, how's it going, Logan? What's going on today? Oh, it's doing great. Having a great day so far. Yeah, thanks so. for joining us. Logan is actually probably the youngest guest we've had on the show so far, which is pretty cool. Uh, how old are you right now? I'm 17 right now. 17. Super cool. And he has a resume that blows my out of the water. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why he's super cool. So, Logan, you got a lot of cool stories. You got you've had quite a life so far, and you're just you know at the beginning of it. So you got a lot of stuff in store for you for the future. Can you just tell us how you got started in in cooking and how you got interested in that, and then lead up to you know the big uh, climax that led you on the path you're on now? Yeah, certainly. You know, uh, it all started really when I was two years old. Uh, I was making morning coffee for my mom, and uh, that was kind of easy. If my yeah. two-year-old made me coffee, oh, <laughs> yeah, you have a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, so so I did that for a while, and then I, I kind of gradually went up, and I did pigs in a blanket, and I did pasta, and I, I did bread, and I, and I got into this bread phase, and I did like bread. I went to King Arthur flower class. I I, I, I was like deep into bread, and uh, around eight is when I I entered my first contest, and, and that's when I wrote my first recipe, and it was for this peanut butter turkey burger. And I got a runner-up in the contest, and I, I was kind of bummed out. Peanut butter so, turkey burger. That mm. sounds really good. Yeah, it was like Asian-inspired. It was pretty good. Okay. I, I, I liked it. It had it had a bajillion steps, so really complicated. But <laughs> it sounds it like it was first place, first place worthy, so how dare those judges? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, I was eight, so that's kind of what I thought. And then <laughs> um, I did a spice blend because, you know, I was kind of getting into grilling, and I was like, oh, all right, well, I'm going to grill this the steak and so i came up with some spice blends i did that and that, that was kind of cool and uh then i decided to enter another contest because you know i lost that one and, and i was really bummed out and mom was like oh you gotta get back on the horse you gotta go 
Gotta go get, go at it again. And so I said, all right. Um, so I entered another contest and that one was for the uh, first ever kids state dinner. So back in President Obama's term, there was a like, contest and I won for the state of Tennessee. So I got to go and wow. lunch in the White House and meet the president. Oh, that's just so cool. Crazy experience. And I was like nine, nine or, nine or 10 at the time around that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. So that, that like president. really opened me up to, to food. And I was like, wow, you know, this, this whole contesting thing is pretty neat. Yeah, so you, got, then, you got the itch, huh? You got the fever. Yeah, I kind of got, <laughs> you know, I, I got um, infected. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, man, I got to keep doing this. And I was sitting on the couch one day. This, this is kind of how we got into MasterChef. And MasterChef Junior, the first season came on. And my dad loves reality TV. So he was like eating it up with a spoon. He was like, look, there's kids. They're cooking. This is like the coolest thing ever. And I, I wasn't really having it. I was like, uh, I don't know about this. <laughs> it's, like um, the Amer- it's like the American Idol of cooking shows. Uh, pretty much. You know, it's a, it's a really big one with Gordon Ramsay on there. And so... I eventually got pretty fed up and I told my dad, you know, just turn, turn it off. And I was like, no, why? So I said, because uh, I could win the show. And I was like, oh, really? So he came home with a stack of paperwork. It was like this thick. It was <laughs> massive. And uh, we filled the whole thing out because, you know, I wasn't backing down. Dad wasn't backing down. It was kind of like a little. So little, this was a challenge. It, it was. Oh, I love it. We were kind of going at it. And uh, then it got to the point where we had to go audition. So dad drove me to Dallas and I went and I auditioned and then he keep going, keep going and going and going it, until uh, I got on the show. And uh, well, once I actually got on, I was like, oh my God, I, I got on. <laughs> oh my God. And then, what now? <laughs> yeah, basically. And then I like looked around and I was like, wow, you know, this is just crazy. There's all these kids and they have private chefs and things. And this is just mind blowing at the time. And, you know, I kept doing the challenges. I, I kept progressing. I, I went through the journey. You know, I, I tried to try to evolve and kept going. I kept going and I kept passing the challenges. And eventually I made it to the final two. It was kind of that moment where I was like, oh my God, I made it all the way to here. Because I thought, you know, all right, I'm going to go out like the third round. You know, I'm, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, middle of nowhere. No Michelin star restaurants anywhere. You know, this <laughs> yeah. is, I, I got nothing. So I kind of had this moment of like, oh my God. And so then uh, I cooked this, this meal and three course meal in 90 minutes. What was the final challenge? It was, um, you had to cook a three course meal in 90 minutes. So you had 30 minutes um, per course, basically. And did uh, they give you like a batch of ingredients to choose from? No, or? no, they, they let you choose your own. So I, oh, I kind of nice. went with this Mediterranean theme because I did, uh, my appetizer was a grilled spot prawn with an olive caper top knot, smoked safranioli and saffron croutons. And then... My main course was a salt-crusted branzino with roasted bay vegetables and a chimichurri sauce. Mm. And then I did lemon madeleines with berry compote and a goat cheese mousse for my dessert. Now, the, the thing about this, the, the thing that made this like the, the real challenge was because you had to juggle each course and every component of the course at the same time. So, so they all had to come out at the same time? Yeah, you, you had to be cooking them all uh, in the same block yeah. of time. So you had the 90 minutes oh. for everything. So yeah. it, it was really something else. And, you know, I, I get my food out. I you know the judges are eating it and I'm standing there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm right here at the end. You know, there, there's no challenge after this. Like, you this know? is it. Yeah. This is it. Then I go back and they, they say, oh, he's like, and the winner is Logan. And I was like, oh my God. And I thought, you know, I wasn't quite a 100% on my food. You know, it, they, they keep it pretty balanced. So I was like, oh man, I don't know about this. And then I told dad, uh, I told him, see, I told you I could win the show. And I was like, you gotta have this little moment. And that's, 
that's kind of how I, I kind of exploded. And then like, I started well, that was kind of like the, the confirmation that you needed probably right to know like, okay, this is, this like, is what oh, I should wow, be doing. This is, yeah. This is really more than like winning a couple contests, having a cool, a couple cool experiences, right. you know, winning a couple bucks. This is like, wow. So then, you know, I started getting asked to do some more work. I, I got asked by charities to help them out, do events. I just said yes to everything. And so I just kind of went out there and I did all that I could as quick as I could. And so I've kind of kept that mentality up ever since, you know, any opportunity that comes my way, I try and pursue it. I try and make sure that, that it gets done and that, you know, if there's something crazy that kind of comes on the horizon, like, you know, judging the Young Chef Olympiad in India or going to China for the Gourmand World Cookbook Awards, anything that's like even crazy, like I always entertain it. I always try and make sure that it happens. Have you done those things? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. I, I have. I've, I've been to India and it's, it's crazy there. What did you think of the food in China? Uh, China was crazy. It was just like... There was some really, really good food. And then there were some things that I was like, you're sure about this, guys? <laughs> like, I got a really good story. I went to this uh, this little shop and they were selling these buns, right? And I was like, oh, man, I'm kind of hungry for dessert. It's late. It's like 10 o'clock. I'm out here. There's some buns. This is going to be good. So I got this bun and it was fluffy on the outside and it was kind of sugary. And I had a little bit. And I was like, mm, this is pretty good. And so then I go and I take this bite of this bun and it's like bun. And then inside there's this shrimp savory paste thing in it nice and i was like oh my god this is like no no <laughs> no <laughs> so you're trying to get dessert and you get shrimp <laughs> oh, yeah man, we shrimp had some taste. some interesting like, the foods out, over the there, outside man. was sweet it was like <laughs> yeah they trick you it's no jelly filled donut like we would get here <laughs> yeah. <your house>. no <laughs> it's shrimp yeah it's so. like you're eating seafood gotcha <laughs> seafood <laughs> boom yeah. <laughs> Seafood for dessert. <laughs> I the the strangest thing that I tried in China was sea cucumber. Mm. And I did not like it. The uh -oh. sauce it was in was delicious. And then I took a bite of the actual sea cucumber and yeah. it was did, did you a have horrible like one, of the, one of the little black ones? The little squishy ones? It was like I mean, this thing was like six to eight inches long. It was yeah. huge. And it was yeah, it was like black. With a, black with like little spikes on it? Yeah, it was gross. It oh was, yeah. Yeah. The, the <laughs> texture. I, I tried that. The texture was real bad. The cow, the cow tongue, I didn't mind, and uh, I couldn't bring myself to eat chicken feet. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was eating at this farmhouse, and, and this guy brought out this this Chinese food, and he did like this family style. And so then he comes out, and he's like kung pao chicken, and like all the tourists like start clapping. I'm like, oh my god, it's something we know. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was pretty funny. Thank you for the fake Chinese food. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So, uh, so, so uh, what now? What's going on now? What do you, I mean, I, you, you're still yeah. in school. So, you know, it's, is it hard to balance kind of your oh, chef, yeah. chef side of your life with, you know, your school oh, yeah. side and you're, you know, you're still growing up. You still got to do all of these things. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing about, about it is like you have school and so you have like your responsibilities, you have your ACT prep, you got, you got your math, you got your writing, you got all the things that mom's yelling, yelling at you about you got mm -hmm. all of them. And you're like, oh, man. And then you also have any of your friends that want to hang out on the weekend that are trying to see, well, oh, let's go here. Let's do this. And I'm like, all right. And then you have the work stuff. And, and it, it just comes in. And you're like, oh, man, I've got to make this dish for this festival. Or I've got to go make this or make that. And I've got to write this recipe. And I've got to do all this. I've got to film this content. I have to take this photo. And usually I let that supersede like my friends. And then 
sometimes if it's like a really big job, I let it like kind of supersede a little bit of the schoolwork. You know, <laughs> I won't tell. Homeschooled. We so. won't tell anyone you say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're homeschooled. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I can kind of slush my time around a little bit. Yeah. 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 It makes it I a little more uh, malleable. Yeah. yeah. It definitely opens up my schedule because, you know, if I was in school, then I'd have to explain like why I have all these absences and why I've got this trip mm. I've got to go take and all this stuff. Well, if you're homeschooled, you can kind of say, all right, well, I'll do a school on this day. I'll do school on that day. I'll, I'll work these three days before this holiday and get up on some extra book work. And stuff like that. No, oh, cool. So, it's it's a tough balance, but you know, it's one that's necessary. Were you homeschooled beforehand already? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, you, yeah, you. Okay, I, I was homeschooled through the whole thing. So, you know, it wasn't like I was like, oh man, I'm getting super busy. I gotta be you know, like you made that change. Yeah, I was. No, I was wondering no. if that that would. That's kind of nice, actually. So you didn't really have to go through a major transition with yeah. that, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though everything else changed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it really helps because. It wasn't like I had to leave a school or I had to leave like friends behind or anything like that. It was like, oh, well, now you're just, you still have your fluid amount of time and now you're just spending it cooking and <laughs> instead of like going to the park or taking photos or something like that. Right, right, right. I mean, you're doing what you love to do. So what has happened uh, since 2014? Oh, what, lots. You know, yeah. <laughs> what What are some of the big, big events that, uh, that have uh, happened to you? Let's see. I'm trying to think in like chronological order. Well, I wrote a cookbook. Um, yeah. What's that called? It's a Logan Chef Notes and Half Baked Tales. It's kind of a little fun idea because um, I need to write a cookbook, and I was like, "Man, I have this idea, but it's like super big. It's gonna be like a thick volume of like how to, how to become a chef, basically." Yep. And so then I was like, "Well, I can't really make that, but I can make a graphic novel." Yeah. So I was like, "All right, so I'll make like half graphic novel, half cook." And that was kind of the idea, and I ran with it, and it came out really cool. You know, I have my artist in Indonesia, and she drew the art nominal job I had it colored and then I had it lettered and I went through like the entire process of self-publishing a book and it's like you don't realize like how much goes into it till, till you do it you're like oh yeah. man yeah I can't it's even just, imagine there's just so many moving parts with that that kind of thing oh yeah, yeah. and especially when you're dealing with such like a unique product when you're like well you know we can send the files but they can't send them back so they're mailing us a jump drive but we don't know if the customs are going to steal the jump drive because they have pirated <laughs> movies. And, and you're like, this is just oh, crazy. Man. And then wow. getting the art and it was all done on like pen and paper. So I, ha I have like the real like drawing of That's the actual cool. art mm -hmm. on paper. And it's like, wow, this is just so weird. And so then I'm scanning it and then I'm like vector form or this form. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I, I don't know. So bringing that project to fruition was really really a lot that's super how cool. long did you work on it for um i worked on it i think a total for maybe about a year wow yeah so and it's award-winning i mean you mentioned previously yeah. the gourmand world cookbook award and yeah did you win best. two awards from there was that um, best no i won i won a best first book so best first book like that's so it's award-winning. You got a stamp yeah, yeah. award-winning yeah. cookbook. Yeah. And if our if our listeners want to get it, where can they get that? Is it on Amazon and bookstores or? It's on Amazon, but I also have like a Shopify, um, or just like the website Logan Chef Notes and Half Baked Tales. It's uh, pretty fun, you know. I try not to teach you like recipes. I try and teach you like how to set up your mise en place, how to really make sure that everything's looking right. Because I put in like tons of photos. Because one of the things that I hate is like when I'm doing a recipe and there's only like one photo of like the finished dish and I'm like mm. man my thing just doesn't look anything like that yeah. where did I yeah. go wrong 
Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, I really like took that as like part of my inspiration. And so I did like tons of photos and it was really uh, in a good project. Cool. Well, we'll make sure that we link to that uh, on our show notes. So if any of the yeah. listeners want to check it out, oh, and, thank you so uh, much. maybe buy a copy. Yeah, we'll, definitely. Go to, we'll, we'll link to the Shopify site, but it is also on Amazon. So we can link to there too. Cool. And let's see what else has happened. Um, I got named best chef of the South by Southern Living. So, or best cook of the South. Um, wow. That was, that was pretty cool. Is that was, age, is that like have to do with age or you're just best chef out of everyone? Uh, but, but it was like uh, a contest and uh, I entered it and I won. So Wow. <laughs> so that was really pretty impressive. cool. It was like best cooker, chef for others. Something like that. Could be. Logan just, he just wins. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, there's certain people, I, I feel like everyone knows someone who just, they just win. Mm-hmm. They're just like, that's their thing. <laughs> Justin. Yeah. You and I are going to have to do a competition to determine who. Is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't want to lose. I want to keep my winning streak. It's now. funny though. Like you can tell when someone has the passion. I mean, I went to college with um, Matt Franco. I don't know if you've heard of him. He won America's Got Talent a few years ago. He's a magician. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. He now has a show in um, in Vegas, and he. I went to college with him, and you know, he was kind of he was in the Greek system with us, so he was, you know, we we all kind of hung out together. But he was always in all of the talent competitions. I was a musician, so I was in a lot of talent competitions with him, and he beat me every time. I think I got second place in like four talent competitions, and it's always <laughs> oh, yeah. because he would always win. And he's just he's you know. One of those yeah. guys that if you have the passion and the talent, you know, you're going to win mm-hmm. no matter what. And you seem like one of those guys. So I tip my hat to you for that, man. Oh, <laughs> Keep it thank up. Thank you so much. You know, yeah. there's, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, right. Some... It's not just luck. Like, it's not no. coincidence if you it's continue not. to win, you know. So Yeah, it's it's one thing that, you know, I, I really worked hard to make sure that I wasn't remembered as, like, just the kid that won the the, the TV show. Of so course. I, yeah. I, I yeah, you got to keep pushing. And, and I continued because, you know. I didn't really want to let that one thing like define it. So yeah, that uh, happens a lot too. So yeah. So I, I really like, I thought about that and I was like, you know, I just, I can't let this be like the big thing. So, you know, I, I kept working and I kept pushing. Um, I've done a lot of charity things. I've done, uh, let's see, I was named, um, I have oh, you God, winning thirty most influential teens. Oh yeah. That as one. a rising that, that star in culinary world. Yeah. yeah. From time magazine, <laughs> time magazine. Yeah. I was like trying to figure out how they phrased it. I forget. A, a small gotcha. little independent publication. Yeah, you know this thing called Time Magazine. <laughs> called Time Magazine. <laughs> Time Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had um, I had a licensing deal with Chef, and they they did uh, box meal kits, and that was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool job. And um, I've wrapped uh, Carnation Breakfast Essentials. I've wrapped Johnsonville Sausage. I've wrapped uh, Great Wolf Lodge. Can you get us discounts on any of that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, but I did have a lot of sausage in my freezer for. Yeah, I bet. Wow. <laughs> it, it was hard to eat it all. <laughs> you know, I was like constantly taking a package Log- out. Logan's next cookbook: everything that you can do with a sausage. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I, I actually worked on a project like that. I worked on. Um, I spent like a whole like month working with the smoking gun. It's a tool by Poli Sci, and I and I like smoke everything and so I, kn- I know how all the ins and outs of working that that smoking gun because i spent like a month just smoking everything i smoked potato chips i smoked <laughs> oil i smoked butter i smoked meat i smoked everything that i could find and that was that was pretty cool that was a pretty cool phase <laughs> you know it's kind of funny because i look back at my recipes sometimes and i can tell how old i was based on like what i was cooking so I can tell like <laughs> yeah. some of them are dated from like when i was in a food truck phase or when i was in the floral phase or when i was <laughs> 
like just starting out. Three years old and you made nothing but chicken nuggets and french fries. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I actually really love pizza back then. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense oh, to you. Respect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Uh, What's been your favorite experience since you've been in your chef career? Oh, that's a really tough one. Yeah, that you know, is a tough been, question. There have been a lot of really crazy ones. You know, I always think it's going to be the next one. That's something that I always believe is like the next experience is going to be like the craziest. Like the next job is just going to be more. And I try and believe that so that I can always stay like super hyped and like, oh man, this is going to be incredible. So I always think like this next food festival is going to be like massive. Going to do these plates and I'm going to have 800 portions. And, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> And so I always think of like the next thing as what's going to be like the biggest. But if I if I had to pick just one, it's so tough because you know I want to go with like one of the world traveling ones. But I probably I probably say the the White House one. That was that was that's a that's a pretty unique experience yeah. because that one really motivated me to continue. Like that one was one that was like you know you shouldn't just give up and say oh all right I did that that was cool I'm gonna move on to the next thing. It was like yeah you know you you should really continue here. Yeah. So I think. I think that, that one's like one of the most important ones. So as a chef, you've talked a lot of, about a, a lot of different aspects of that. So it's the cooking, it's the eating, it's writing the recipes. Is there a, a piece of that puzzle that you enjoy the most? I mean, when I talk to some chefs, they're like, I just became a chef because I loved eating food. <laughs> um, and you've talked a lot about writing recipes. Is that something that, I guess, what aspect of, of being a yeah, chef is it that certainly. you enjoy the most so far? Uh, I really became a chef because uh, I really love flavor profiles mm-hmm. and I love finding, I love creating them. I love making them. I love, I love it. And, you know, with that, you naturally should be, uh, I, I should be <laughs> writing them all down as recipes. And, you know, recipe writing is one of the things that comes easier to me. It's one of those things that's like, oh, boom, here. It's just like coming up with a new flavor. Like it, it comes easier and not to say like cooking protein is, it's not my strong suit. I mean, I can still perfectly cook scallops and duck and all, all that. Like I can still perfectly cook it, but it's more the love of finding the new flavor. It's, it's like, you know, when you take the ingredient and you think, well, here's fennel. I know fennel. I know the flavors of fennel, but I've never done this with it. And then yeah. you do it and you get this new flavor and you put like, it through a smoking wow. gun. <laughs> yeah. You actually, uh, you, you light the fronds on fire and then stick them in a blender. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. Since our recipe book coming out, <laughs> listener tip. <laughs> yeah, just start um, lighting things on fire, putting it in the blender, and you you come up with something great. <laughs> yeah, and you know, one of the biggest expressions of that that I have is I was in the kitchen one day and I had this idea that I'm gonna poach an egg in lemon soda. No joke. This is this is me, and I, I had a can of like the the lemon San Pellegrino, and I was like, I'm gonna poach this egg in, in lemon soda. And mom was like, You're you're crazy, and I was like. But it's going to have a good flavor. Lemon soda is pretty tasty. It's pretty tart. Lemon and egg go pretty well together. So I'm going to do it. Well, I did it. <laughs> I learned a couple things. Lemon <laughs> soda is only good for one use. One 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 egg cook. That's it. Per can. And uh, that the yolk is just utterly disgusting. <laughs> but the white. The white creates this weird froth foam thing. And was surprisingly tasty. And I was like, you know, that's... That's what I live for. You know, I don't live to like make something and say, oh man, I'm going to eat it now. I live to be soaked in the creativity so long that I can't eat it. That, you know, I've thought this through and I and I made it and I've 
smelled it and I've experienced it and I've watched it evolve from being too sour to too bitter to too salty to too sweet to get all of that right where I want it to the point where I can only have one bite of it. And that's really where I go as a chef. And also, you know, I try and push the boundaries. I try and stay cutting edge, you know, but you know, sometimes it's, it's tough because you're like, oh man, I really want to do fermenting, but like, I also don't want to get botulism and die. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, th- yeah. I mean, <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> so, I mean, I get that, <laughs> you know, it's a casual thing that I don't want to happen, but you know, I've still done it and I've still gotten some success, but I really live for creating that new experience with food and that, that kind of the evolution. So I try and always evolve my cooking. It's one of the reasons why I can't like look back at a recipe and change it because at the time it was designed with this flavor in mind, with this event in mind, with this headspace I was in. So I can't go back to my beet salad and say, oh, I want to add this, this, and this because, you know, it was already fully conceived. It's not right, like right, right. Yeah. To my peach fennel soup and say, hey, you know, I want to add this. I can say, oh, maybe I want to garnish it with like a candied hot pepper flour, perhaps I could say, oh, I want, I want to do that. I want to add a little bit more that way, but I can't say, oh, I want to inherently change the actual cold soup. Yeah. So that I never go back and say, hey, I need to change this recipe. It kind of forces you to be more creative because you're saying, okay, I need to start from scratch again if I want to do this because that's what it is. It's great as it is, and I don't want to change it. So we're gonna start from the bottom and yeah. start all over and and. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's a great yeah. way to, to go about doing it. Yeah, one of the major things I live by, one of my like, my major tenets is to never cook the same thing. It's ever? Ever. Like that is Wow. Like, so like you, I'm assuming you've already cooked Kraft mac and cheese. You're never going to cook Kraft mac and cheese. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's just like I don't say, oh, man, I'm going to make this again or I'm going to make this again. I, I say, all right, I made it. It's done. So Next. like you can eat something of mine but most likely i'm not going to make it again so cool that's why you just put it in a recipe book and someone else will make it put it in a recipe book yeah (laughs) you know it's one of the funny things is i I often forget about it like i make it forget about it so i was watching um watching beef bobby flay and they were growing shrimp and grits and i I made a shrimp and grits recipe and i was like hmm the the one lady is putting in scallops and other seafood into the shrimp and grits and i was like you know i don't know about that i don't know about adding the scallops to the shrimp and grits and i was like you could argue the purest card and i and then mom was like but you had a shrimp scallops to your shrimp and i was like i did did i <laughs> i was like no and so then she pulled out the phone and looked at the recipe turns out i did <laughs> and i was like well all right fine you win this one <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, that's a great transition story, actually, because we're a seafood podcast. So let's talk about seafood. Mm-hmm. Um, do you work with seafood a lot? Do you like? Do you prefer to work with other things more? Some things more than others, or do you do a lot of seafood, or is it just kind of part of your the list package. of ingredients? Well, yeah, part of the package. Let's let's start in 2014, where your winning dish included prawn and. Ronzino. <laughs> How did you come across those two specific species Like when you came up with that dish? And why seafood? Because there was no parameters on what you I could agree. cook for that three course. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to start with the Bronzino. I picked the Bronzino because I was in the um, I was in the headspace of Mediterranean. So I looked mm-hmm. at Mediterranean fish and I was like, Bronzino, there we go. That's my and I went with the salt crusted because I needed something that was like a show-stopping presentation. You know, how can you take the fish and make it compete with the rack of lamb? 
Mm-hmm. How do you make it to that level of experience? Like if you look at uh, your traditional menu, you know, the fish is up there, but the rack of lamb is even more expensive. So I was like, you know, how do I elevate the fish to a point where you'd be like willing to pay the same price that you would for rack of lamb? And I, I came up with salt crusted and I was like, all right, this is a great technique. I haven't done it before. I'm going to do it. It's just such a so-stopping thing to have the whole fish right there. It just gets so connected and then you cook the whole thing. And I chose spot prawns because I kind of wanted shrimp, but I didn't really want shrimp. <laughs> uh, I kind of wanted crab, but I didn't really want to deal with crab. I kind of wanted something kind of like lobster, but, you know, a langoustine just didn't call my name. So out of all that, I, I went with a spot prawn because uh, they were fresh. They were local. They, they were actually like still alive. So they had them in like a little tank. So they, they, they were fresh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, that's kind of what, what drove me to it. And when I cook, like for other things, you know, I work with a lot of ingredients, but seafood is one of the ones that always is special because it takes so much finesse. Like anyone can grill, anyone can make a steak, anyone can put something in the oven, but to have a chef be able to perfectly pan sear a piece of fish really shows the artistry, the talent, skill that is kind of the difference maker between like, all right, you're, you're a pretty good cook to like, you're really good. And it's just such a delicate flavor and it's just so beautiful when you can get the fresh fish that still tastes of the ocean and you can just have that experience uh, it's just fabulous were you able to test this recipe before you you made it i, I don't know how the those competitions work as far as i mean are you able to um yeah because on tv and those cooking shows and a lot of those competition shows they make it out to be like you go there and they tell you what the challenge is and then it's like, okay, go, you're doing it now. Like, is that what it's really like? Um, you know, I can't talk too much about how they how they film and how they do stuff, but it is very stressful. It's like that, you know, they really throw you in. And one of the things that can happen is you can get caught in the weeds, you can make errors, you can make mistakes, you can stray from your thoughts. And that's one of the things that always gets you is if you mess up, there's so many different ways to mess up because you're on that go. Right, right, right. You're, you're pushed in the deep end. Yeah, you're, you're just swimming around, flapping your arms, trying to stay stay alive and stay on track and trying to make something incredible that it's very easy to mess up your cooks, forget an ingredient, you have to add an ingredient and stuff. So it's, it's very difficult. And I imagine <laughs> if you make one little mistake, then you're kind of inside your own head. And then um, that just adds yeah. an extra layer of stress onto it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can get in the weeds and, and you can get mentally into that, that mentality of you've lost the challenge already, which is brutal because oh, then, then you kind of already have, and that's really, really bad. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it that, you know, you don't really realize when you're doing it that like, oh, wow, if I think that like I burned this and there's no recovery, then there's no recovery. But if I think that I burn this, what can I do? What are my options? Can How can I cut it? How can I serve it? How can I present it? How can I remake it? You know, that's one of the things is like, you might have an overcooked piece of, of something, but you can sometimes try and recook it. You can try to mask it. You you try what you can, yep. but at the end of the day, they're going <laughs> to Like you, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> yeah. So um, what I want to know. If there's, you can't hear me. There How's that? Is that better? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I'm 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 really not good at staying on the mic. I I wander around. <laughs> I need like a cue for you, like this. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna put like a strap around my back of my head. <laughs> there you go. Big elastic band. Big brace. 
Um, <laughs> so, you know, one of our goals with this podcast is to really get people to feel more comfortable buying and eating seafood because I think one of the biggest issues, you know, here in America, we know that people aren't eating nearly enough seafood. They're not getting as much as they should. And we want people to feel more comfortable buying and eating it. And for someone who maybe likes to eat seafood, but isn't comfortable cooking it, isn't sure where to start or what the best way to do it, you know, is intimidated by cooking fish. Yeah. Where, where, what would be your recommendations for them? Like where's a good place to start or any tips to help them feel more comfortable? Yeah, probably the best place to start is first you have to pick a fresh fish. So if you're starting out on seafood, you probably got to start out on salmon. You know, it's just okay. one of the most readily available. It's one of the most inexpensive. It's pretty good. And it's one of the easier cooks. That's one of the things about it is that there are some difficulties with the filet of salmon, but it's one of the easiest ones to really get right, to really get edible, and to really get to a point where you're like, man, this is tasty. And also when you're pan searing fish, it's a big chef trick is that you always want to put the presentation side or the skin side down first on the pan. It's just kind of how they do it, how it is. I live by it. Most everyone else does. We're in the in now, guys. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, we got the yeah, in I'm going to make the best seared fish ever. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> and that really helps the skin get crunchy. It helps the presentation get to a beautiful sear. The, some of the things that you have to worry about fish is that it's not uniform sometimes. So you know how the filet has like the little little top part and then the little tail, the little belly part. Sometimes it's hard to cook. You cook one to perfection. So that's kind of one of the small pitfalls that you have to be aware of is that when you cook the center of the filet perfect, the lower part's going to be a little bit more done. Mm -hmm. And there's just, it's just not much you can do about it. Yeah. Salmon, salmon's really a good place to start. You know, starting with shrimp, shrimp are pretty good. They're very forgiving uh, sometimes. Sometimes not. If they're fresh, they're fresh. They are, but you know, as long as long as you're not turning them into the little rubber bullets. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But shrimp, shrimp are good. They're pretty inexpensive. Once again, you can do some really fun cooking methods. They just really lend themselves to any cuisine. Once again, you can go Asian with shrimp. You can go uh, Mexican with shrimp. You can go almost any direction that you want with shrimp. You can go Mediterranean. You know, one of my favorite things to do with shrimp, and a chef taught me this, is that you take like two pans. You have one pan and you get it hot and you have the other pan and you get it hot. And then you put the shrimp in the one pan and you put the other pan on top of the shrimp. So you kind of have them pressed down. So they kind of press a little bit and that kind of helps them keep their, their C shape, cooks them on both sides at the same time. And then um, it's just, it's really fun. I really enjoy it. <laughs> And uh, then when you take the pan off, then you hit it with a little bit of lemon juice, get a little bit of its glazing effect. Just beautiful presentation of shrimp. Super simple, super easy. I really want to um, try that. So do you use the bottom of pan two, the flat side, so it fits yes, in the other the pan? Bottom. I yep, gotcha. Just like okay. that. Yep. Interesting. So you just kind of like, like, you know how you stack pans and like. Yes. Yep. Right. Yeah, I like gotcha. Okay. I, I can see how he gets, you know where the creativity comes from because just hearing that I'm like I gotta go home and try this yeah exactly <laughs> it's like kind of I bet it's almost addictive like once you Start successfully do out, something yeah. that's kind of out of the norm then you're like okay well now I need to push it even further and do something else crazy yeah yeah it, it is very much like that and you know seafood for me I, I really love cooking scallops scallops are one of my favorites they're so tasty I love eating them I love cooking them they're such a 
brilliantly fast cook. You know, you have to have the pan hot. Got to flip them once. Get them really nice. Get that translucent middle. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in your boat. I I am a super fan of scallops. Mm, I think yeah. I got sick off scallops once. I get a, I get a taste aversion to them. Doesn't yeah. do it for me, unfortunately. Yeah, I feel sorry it's for too you. Bad. I know. <laughs> I feel sorry for myself because I used to love them, and then something happened. I don't remember what it was, but some point in my life, I stopped <laughs> stopped liking them. So we're getting a, a you know we're getting a little low on time, but um, right. I want to talk a little bit more about your seafood that you cook. You're a member of GAA. Yes, I am. And uh, so you understand the importance of sourcing responsibly farmed seafood, responsibly caught seafood. Um, what's your approach when you're choosing fish to cook or choosing shellfish or crustaceans or whatever you're, whatever seafood you're choosing to cook? What goes through your mind when you're selecting and sourcing that ingredient in regards to, is this a good choice? Am I, am I making a good, a good choice in regards to sustainability yeah. and stuff like that? You know, sustainability is one of those things that has really come to the forefront of uh, like modern cooking. You know, it's been one of those things that you you have to ask yourself. And you know, when I go to the market and I look at the fish, you know, I'm, I'm kind of landlocked here. So yeah, I was going to say, especially you're in Memphis, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. landlocked. You're you're not really anywhere near the coast. So yeah. So you know, I look at the fish. I look at what's fresh. That's the number one thing. And then I look at you know what the flavor is going to be like. You know, normally I pick the fish based on the dish and then I look through and I find like freshness look for the stuff that smells the best. Um, you know, that's one of the things with fish is that you it has to be. And what about frozen? Think, you you do you ever buy frozen? Um, I have. Um, frozen can work. You know, the thing about frozen that I really love is that it's it's there, it's ready. Yeah. You know, you can pull it out at any time. So I had some frozen salmon and it's usually very fresh as well. Yeah. Yeah, it can be very fresh. And uh, I had some frozen salmon, and then uh, there was a contest that I saw, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I gotta enter this!" And I looked around, and I had the salmon in the freezer, and I just took it out and I cooked it, and it was just like one of those moments where I was like, "Wow, this is just great!" <laughs> and you know, I try to make sure that I buy sustainably. You know, there's just some things that you know they just run out of stock. You know, they just don't have sometimes. Like I might want to do a sustainable Arctic char, but. It, it, it isn't at the market. So, you know, that's one of the things that I struggle with here, especially like sourcing ingredients. That's, that's a, that's a tough one. Yeah. Has being a member of GAA helped you with any of that? Helped you kind of you oh, know, yeah. Ga yeah, you gain know, some insight onto the sustainability stuff or? You know, the sustainability side of seafood is, is super important. And it's one of those things where you could say, oh, you know, wild caught has such good flavor, but if it's not sustainable, it can't work in the long run. And sustainability is just one of those things that has to be addressed sooner or later. And it's better to address it sooner and have more fish in the ocean and be, a, be in less trouble than to address it later and be like, oh, man, we've run out of all these great tasty species of fish. And yeah. it's been like, oh, man, this is terrible. So, yeah. you know, that's why I really started to think about it more. Yeah, so when you're buying, do you look for eco labels like MSC oh, yeah. Yeah, or I BAP? Look, I look and, yeah, yeah. I look, I look to make sure that it says like sustainably farmed, farm raised. Make sure that it says like all the right stuff. Yeah, that's something that we try to to convey to our listeners quite a bit. Is that like the easy button is to look for those labels if you know which ones to yeah. look for. So yeah, just look for the for the labels of the farm. You know, I also go by country of origin, mm -hmm. so. 
that's one of the things that I try to get like mostly USA fish. USA fish, it's tasty fish. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's another thing is like you you sometimes have to look at like where where's my seafood coming from, and especially when you go to some place like far out there and you're seeing like what it looks like in India, you're like, hmm, do I really want these Indian shrimp? Or do I want these sustainably farmed American shrimp, these Gulf shrimp? You know, do I want something that's really sustainable and beautiful and something that I know that I can cook for the next 40 years and an ingredient that I know I can play with? Great. Do you guys have any other questions before I pose a challenge to him? I'm good. No. Propose away. All right. Logan didn't know this was coming. Oh but my gosh. I'm going to pose you a, a, a challenge to you right now to give okay. us a quick recipe out of your head. Oh if, my God. <laughs> this is what I want to do. And I, okay. and, and I want it to be simple. All right. Simple. I, 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 we're going to give three ingredients. You're going to give one. I'm going to give one. And you're going to give oh one. Oh God. All right. And then I, I want you to quick, first thing that comes to your mind, what you would do to put these three ingredients to become part of a meal. And you can add other ingredients if you want to. Okay. So I do have a pantry. Are you up to this challenge? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My man. All right. What's, uh, your what's ingredient? our parameters as far as do we have to do a main? Just pick an ingredient. Pick, a, pick a, anything you, you want to be incorporated. If I was to say, hey, what, what what do you want in your dinner tonight? And you're like, oh, I really want, um, I don't know, mushrooms, whatever. Shrimp, oh. whatever. Pick something. Oh, okay. Go. Can I go third? Sure. Go. Okay. Mine is garlic. 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 What's yours? Okay. Potatoes. All right. Monkfish. Uh, Monkfish. Oh my gosh. Get right, after so, it. You have exactly, uh, I don't know, a couple minutes. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to start with um, pan seared monkfish. You know, I'm just going to do it beautifully, simple, elegant. And then um, I'm going to have the potatoes. The potatoes. Um, I'm going to do this potato au gratin with. Yes. Oh, I'm trying to pick what else I want in there. I don't really want the garlic. Um, I want I want some cheese. So I want like a nice. Uh, I want a little bit of brie. I'm gonna go. Ooh, I love the brie, brie route. And then I'm gonna also go with um some kind of a fruit. So I'm gonna probably go with like a a plum, like but like an almost ripe plum. So like still a little bitter, still a little sour. So I'm gonna have that. That's gonna be pretty interesting. That's in the potatoes. That's in the potatoes. All right. I might I might do the plum water, do something like that. And then I'm going to take the garlic. I'm going to blanch it. I'm going to roast it. And then probably going to burn it. So I'm going to make like a burn. No, no, I'm not going to blanch it. <laughs> and then I'm going to grate it and add it to what kind of a sauce do I want? I'm going to say I'm going to do like a cream sauce. No, that's too much. Uh, do like butter, garlic, classic. It's there. Butter, garlic. And I'm going to do celerac and fennel. Mm. No, celerac, celerac and fennel are both going in the potatoes. The plum is going in the garlic sauce. <laughs> okay. There we go. Okay. Plum garlic sauce on top of the fish. Yeah, but like a, a light, like a gastriki style. So it's going to be like, just like, I'm going to try and get the garlic as weak as possible. Because garlic is so strong. I want the monkfish to really be beautiful. I've got the, the potato, celerac, fennel, au gratin. That's going to be really... That's a lot of flavor. It's, it's a lot, but, you know, I'm feeling it because it's going to be all mellowed out by cream and roasting. So that should be good. And then I'm going to have, like, that plum, like a streaky reduction and on the seared monkfish. I love it. Wow. Sounds I can't awesome. believe you just came up with all of that. We need to do this more often. <laughs> and you need to make that dish and... <laughs> 
<laughs> post a, a picture or video of it and tell me how tasty it is because it sounds awesome. And yeah, that I, sounds I love really monkfish. Good. So it real it made me realize how far away I am from ever becoming close to a chef. <laughs> I would have maybe been able to pan sear the fish and then I would have just did one of those frozen bags of broccoli that you just stick in the microwave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, you, you can do the potatoes, the au gratin potatoes. Yeah, they come in a box. You put a, you put like milk and water no, and I picked potatoes as my ingredient. He's crying <laughs> because I love love potatoes and I can't do box potatoes. <laughs> so, I, I, Oh, man. I, I, tell can, you, one of I can feel his eyes rolling as we're talking. I love it. <laughs> oh I'll let the God. microwave steam my broccoli. <laughs> I will tell you, the one thing the microwave does great is it does rice. Like, it can do some killer rice in the microwave. Yeah. Like, seven minutes? Oh. So good. <laughs> and also, my favorite fish to, to just eat, like, most delicious is triggerfish. Like, oh. Triggerfish? Oh. I've never had that. Yeah, I've never oh had that. Oh, my God. Triggerfish. It comes, this guy comes up with a little trailer. Frozen fish. Well, he has some frozen. He drives up from the Gulf, and he has trigger fish, and it is the best. Like sometimes he has he has snapper. He has like some stuff. Doesn't have any salmon because he doesn't drive up there. But he's like, all right, I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. This is really fresh. And I was like, well, what about the trigger fish? It's like, I got. The fish. <laughs> oh yeah. It's awesome. Is that your favorite uh, fish to cook with too, or? Um, it's just my favorite to eat. It's it's hard to get. It's hard. To yeah. Get. But so what do you it, prefer to cook with if you were to, to do seafood? What's your favorite? Um, I love scallops. I love halibut. I love salmon. I love them all, you know. They're just really good. I haven't done a lot of snapper lately. I don't know why. You know, I just I just haven't picked up snapper. So. Well, there's a difference between seafood and other proteins out there if you're cooking yeah. steak or, or beef. It is what it is, but seafood has many different species, many different yeah, flavors. Sure. That's the beauty of cooking with it. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, yeah. I think we're going to try to wrap it up. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to get out there while we while you're here with us? Hey, do you have uh, anything new coming out, a new recipe book, yeah. or anything we can uh, give a sneak peek? This is your time to pimp out everything that you're doing. Well, you know, what's going on in the future All for right. you? Well, well, I've got a trip to L.A. soon. Um, it's going to be pretty big. And then um, I'm working on this dinner, and it's going to be really phenomenal if it comes through, but I'm still working on it. And, uh, you know, I'm just always working. I'm going to be... Um, real man i'm gonna wear wear pink for the whole month of october that's gonna be pretty cool yep. so support um breast cancer awareness and you know sustainable seafood is just the future so better to <laughs> get with the train than to go against it you know yeah well and you're pretty active on social media and things of that are you comfortable if we oh yeah certainly. put a link maybe to some of your social media yeah. handles I guess yeah, yeah if people want to contact you social media is probably the best way huh yeah, give me a contact at uh, Logan Jr. Chef on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Can't believe Good I have stuff. one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know. I'll have to think about making that dish. You know, it's, it's interesting. Well, if it ever comes out, send plums. us a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know how it is. That was really fun. We, we got to do more stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> if we, the more, when we get more chefs on here, we're, I think we should do that every time we get a chef. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's basically uh, what it is, right? I was yeah, expecting I you, you to pull out the Mountain Dew and the Blue Jello. <laughs> oh, I was expecting that one. I really just wanted to see what you would do with monkfish, because yeah. I feel like it's not as not your, as common. Your hidden agenda. No. You love monkfish. <laughs> I do love monkfish. Um, yeah, I, I don't get any monkfish. No, no. it's yummy. <laughs> I think it's yummy. All right, awesome. So Logan, thank yes. you so much for joining us, man. We yes, really we appreciate, appreciate it. it. 
we're proud of what you have accomplished and you should be as well. And we wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors, man. All right. Thank you so much for the time. And is this senior year? This is senior year. This is it. (gasps) So what's after senior year? Are you looking at college Uh, or looking at colleges? Yeah. You know, it's, um, culinary school is an option, I guess. (laughs) Well, I mean, well, good luck. They're man. probably going to bring you in so you can teach some classes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, best anyway. of luck to you and whatever you choose to do. And uh, yes. we'll be following you, so you much on. For the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thanks again. Food. All right. Thanks so much, <laughs> so man. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much. All Catch right. you guys later. All right. See ya. Bye. Later. Thanks. Folks, that was our conversation with Logan. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a really cool opportunity to be able to talk with him. And, uh, you know, he's getting ready for school, so we caught him right at the end of his summer break, so we were lucky. If you want to get in contact with Logan, we will have links to his social media accounts in the show notes. As well as his website. As well as his website and a couple links where you can purchase his cookbook. Award-winning cookbook. His award-winning cookbook, (laughs) for sure. And... Keep an eye out on his social media because I really want to see if he cooks that delicious monkfish dish that we made him come yeah, up with. Yeah, fingers on the fly. crossed. Fingers crossed that he tries it and then he sends some to us in a refrigerated box. Yeah, I'm gonna say <laughs> probably not. Big ass, that but. sounds. I don't think I would eat it, <laughs> but I do want to see if he makes it and if it. I, I would try it myself, but I don't know how to. I, I couldn't even pronounce some of the words that he said. So yeah, I'll let him take care Selecto of it. Selecto or something. <laughs> and if you want to get in contact with us, you can contact us by emailing podcast at aquaculturealliance.org, finding us on Twitter at aquademiapod, A-Q-U-A-D-E-M-I-A-P-O-D. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 1-603-384-3560. As always, leave us a wonderful review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Rate us five stars if you want to try a month fish. Or just rate us five stars. Anyway, because well, you, you should love all us. want to try. We're five star worthy because yeah. you love us, and then try monkfish, and then write us a nice review about it. <laughs> and if you like our guests, please let let us know if there are guests that you think would benefit from being on our show. We want to know that as well. Yeah, send them. Uh, you know, some of those big name guests. Start pounding them with tweets. Hey, you got to go on Aquademia because you'd be an awesome fit for that show. Yeah, we'll make it happen. And then the last thing that I want to say is we did talk about it briefly in the episode, but Logan is a member of GA and he did say that he benefits from it quite a bit learning a lot from some of the things that we offer in our member toolkit so if you also want to join him in being a member of GAA make sure you go to www.aquaculturealliance.org slash membership and sign up thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Aquademia we hope you enjoyed it and we'll talk to you next time adios let's talk about seafood bye we're done talking about seafood for now let's not Let's talk about seafood next week. Let's stop talking about seafood. (laughs) Never. Let's eat some seafood. Yes. Oh, there you go. All right.